Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of the First Issue Club podcast. We've got a really special show for you today. We're covering books from October 4th. We're going to be covering Slots, number one, Shadow Man, Ray Shremmerd, number one, and we're covering Eugenic out on Boom, number one. The other thing that's cool about this episode is that Sarah Rendo, a recent, well, really just first-time comic book reader, is going to be joining us, um, literary marketing guru, good friend of ours, and uh, so happy to have a, have her around. Caitlin and Greg are not on this podcast, but they'll be joining us again shortly. Who do we have in the club today, and what is the most nerdy experience you've had in the last five years? All right, I'm Mike DeStacy. My nerdiest moment was definitely when I went to go see one of the recent X-Men movies. And the uh, small person from Game of Thrones, Peter Dinklage, plays a character in it. And there were kids sitting behind me that were laughing when he showed up on screen. And I was like, that's so insensitive and crappy. And they kept doing it and making, like, dumb comments. And I turned around in my chair at the theater and I said, X-Men is a story about tolerance. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, I have to leave this theater because these kids are going to rip on me for the next hour. <laughs> X-Men is a story about did tolerance. Did you get oh, a wedgie immediately or did so it take a while? bad. Oh, I just had kids kicking my seat immediately. It is, it is a story about tolerance. 100% is. It's, yeah. Yeah, mute. I got really worked up. You should have. But um, I felt like a huge nerd. Afterwards, mm. you represented what the comic should be doing. Yeah, he exactly uh, right. if he knew about that, he would he would thank you on Twitter. I think. Oh, okay, I'll tell him. Yeah, we'll add him at yeah. you, Peter Dinklage. <laughs> Love you, hearts. <laughs> um, okay, my real name is Sarah Rendo, and my alias is Rendo and Stimpy. Mm. God, it sounded better last night when I said it. Um, Were you high? No, I wish. <laughs> I am right now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, we're chiefing Mad Kush to the oh, dome right yeah. now. Yeah, you yeah, can't yeah, see yeah. us In KCR though. Studios. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I look like Polly Shore. Um, my nerdiest experience was probably two or three years ago. We went to go see the new Star Wars movie, and we sat in line and waited like an hour. We get in there. And then I turned to my cousins and said, uh, I've never actually seen any of the Star Wars before. <laughs> and Sean was there, too. They kept leaning over and saying things like, that's a Millennium Falcon. I'm like, that means nothing to me. <laughs> but that being said, great movie. Right. Yeah. Had no context, but really enjoyed it. So now I think I should probably see the other ones. Stands the true test of time. Yeah. My nerdiest experience was, uh, uh, this is a whole month of nerdy experience. My wife was pregnant. My wife. My wife. I'm married. Somebody <laughs> Got married, him. <laughs> somebody married loser me, and I feel sorry for her. Uh, and as she was pregnant for the last month, we were trying to shake the baby out, so we played Pokemon Go for literally like three hours every day. And everybody was staring at us when we were just walking around this district in Kansas City called The Plaza. Um, you and also would, have Pokemon wristwatches? Yeah, was, thank you. We have Got the, the accessories <laughs> to go, like, bearing the lead here. <laughs> we have, yeah, you're right. We have, Poke, we have Pokemon Pluses. Thank mm -hmm. you, Sarah. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I am Mike, the budget king, Russo. So let's get this podcast started. All right, guys. First up today, we've got slots number one. That's slots as in slot machines. So this is from Image Comics and their imprint Skybound. Um, this was created, written, and illustrated by Dan Panosian, uh, quite an endeavor. What a guy. Um, so the first issue here introduces us to Stanley Dance, um, who we kind of learn throughout the issue is kind of a guy who can be lovable and charming while simultaneously being a real scumbag, low-life type of guy. In the beginning of the comic, Stanley has an old pal that calls in a favor uh, on a promise that he feels obligated to keep. So this takes Stanley to Las Vegas. He meets Betsy there, a nightclub manager who is worried that a competitor named Les who is also our hero's kind of Vegas nemesis, uh, is trying to steal her club's biggest act, a burlesque dancer named Mercy, who also happens to be her daughter. Dun-dun-dun. What a small world. (laughs) Right. So the book kind of follows Stanley around while he finds uh, old friends and foes and people, I guess, who might owe him one. So he can kind of, like, assemble an Ocean's Eleven-style team of dirtbags and contacts uh, to help him take care of this conflict that his friend Betsy is having with this guy, Les. Um, This book eventually wraps up with a little bit of a cliffhanger, um, but first issue club, this was a pretty straightforward story. Did it do enough for you to pick up the next issue? No. (laughs) Why, Sarah? Uh, I just... Don't out of the three comic books we read, I feel I felt like this one was the least like grabby and interesting to me. I didn't, I wasn't like super invested in the character of what's his name even Stanley. Stanley, he looks like a love child of John Hamm and Bruce Willis, like a hot dirty baby they made. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, you had me a hot dirty baby, <laughs> <laughs> but. It, I don't know. It just didn't. I guess when he meets his son at the very end and he says, Lucy, mm-hmm. and his son's like, whoop. That was interesting, but I don't know. Out of the out of the three three we, we read, I think this was the my least fave. Yeah. Had, had Mike, had you written the little forward of like your Ocean Eleven gimmick, I would have been way more into this book. Yeah. What I felt like was happening was all of a sudden we're just trying to get a boxer mm-hmm. to box. Right. H- halfway through. And I just, I didn't understand how we got to that point. Um, and we are in, I guess it's a Vegas story. I do, I don't know. Mike, sell me on it. Why do you, why, why'd you like this? So it does a couple things that I like out of a first issue. It introduces a handful of characters, but still doesn't throw too, too much at me. Um, told a story that was kind of more based in reality. Those are some of the comics that I tend to lean towards. Um, set up a lot of opportunities for conflict further down the road and kind of left a handful of blanks to fill in. So I was like somewhat intrigued by it, but I definitely get that there's not a lot pulling you in in this first story. Mm-hmm. And the point of a first issue is to normally get you super intrigued, mm-hmm. which this, this book did a little bit for me. Um, I didn't love like, it, didn't hate it. I feel like he's just like, he's lovable asshole. He does mm-hmm. this first thing in the beginning which I think is pretty cool, his patented move to steal um, food. 
is to leave keys and then act like it's a phone call to leave. And then the people are like, oh, he's, where is he going to go? And he has like all these like fake keys that look like car keys. And that's how he steals food from people. Yeah. And, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of, a, it's like not a terrible asshole move. It's like a thoughtful asshole. So I could follow a thoughtful asshole. Um, yeah, that's a lot of popular TV shows kind of have that dirtbag anti-hero now. It's like a super trendy trope. Do you guys like stuff like that? Were you into Breaking Bad? Are you kind of over the whole trope of the asshole being the star of the show? No, I love assholes. <laughs> Do you really? Yeah. <laughs> I think they're interesting. And I mean, my favorite asshole of all time is obviously Sawyer from Lost. Ooh, of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. The best show on television. Um, but but that kind of character is is interesting to me. Like the character of... Jack from Lost, for example, is not that interesting to me. You know, it, it doesn't feel that compelling to watch a good person do good things or a good person kind of do sometimes bad things. It feels more interesting to watch a shitty person do good. It feels harder for a shitty person to do good things, Yeah, if that makes sense. So that that is interesting to me. My favorite plot twist in this was when they decide that they're going to make him a boxer, like a, or he's going to become a boxer. But his, the way they're going to do it is he's going to be an MMA fighter yeah. <laughs> that fights people yeah. that aren't good at boxing. So he's yeah. like the, the guy that can box them down. Didn't it remind you of the fight that recently oh, the happened? The money fight. Right, exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mayweather McGregor. See, yeah. The art kind of almost reminded me of like Liechtenstein. With the small dots and... Yeah, he does have like a, an older style type of like newspaper-y style. Mm -hmm. It's super good. It uh, is good. It's really loose, um, which he works even with the characters. He talks about that. Does he? In the end, about how he loosened up his style of drawing and then that's when he like started uh, to love it. Yeah, I didn't read the back page of this one. He also said this is like the most exciting and scary endeavor he's ever done in his life. Uh because I guess he's like writing and drawing it, so he feels like there's a lot on the line. He's putting himself out there. Yeah, and that made me want to like go give the book it. a chance. Mm -hmm. right? I I will read the next one because I think that there's enough here that I'm like, okay, I got tidbits of things that could be happening. Let's see if maybe some stuff comes out. I'm into it. I'm getting the second issue. Boom. I'd read it if it was in the bathroom. Okay, we'll just we'll buy the second issue and make sure it's in your bathroom. Thank you. For those of you who don't know, Sarah lives behind me. Uh, so it's easy to put. Not like in your garage. Or in my ass. <laughs> Not in your ass. I just like. I heard I'm, you love assholes. <laughs> I'm a, uh, just a tiny creature. I live up inside his asshole. <laughs> and it was nice because they took these comic books and they made them like, uh, really small so I could read them because I'm up in his asshole. Yeah. It's weird putting the microphone up. It's weird actually recording. It is weird. Yeah. From, hey Sarah. You yeah. got a mic in both ends, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in, in an asshole in both ends. <laughs> Tiny Sarah. Review the podcast. Do us a favor. <laughs> Tiny Sarah in my yeah, asshole. Right. If you love this, tell a friend. And that was Slots number one out on Image and Skybound. If you want to interact with us, chat with us, or fact correct us in any way, go ahead and hit us up on the Twitter at First Issue Club. That's F-I-R-S-T, First Issue Club, on Twitter. We're there. You're there. We're all there together. And for our second book, 
Today we got Shadow Man Ray Shremmerd out on Valiant by Elliot Rahal and Renato Guedes. Uh, in Shadow Man Ray Shremmerd, we have a book that uh, is Shadow Man out on Valiant, which is a, a um, superhero that is uh, made by Valiant. And the Valiant universe is a whole universe, much like Marvel, where they have all of their own uh, superheroes and things like that. But the interesting about this book is the hip-hop now legends Ray Shremmerd are part of that. And if you don't know who Ray Shremmerd is, uh, they are a hip-hop group that have made such songs as Swang, Black Beatles, No Flex Zone, and No Type. I'm a fan. I like them. It may not be clear to some people that Ray Shremmerd <laughs> is a hip-hop group, which I think this book is just fine if you think an awesome hip-hop group that does not exist in real America 2017 um, is also in this comic book. In uh, Shadow Man, Ray Shremmerd, we got Ray Shremmerd, who uh, the hip-hop duo of uh, Slim Jimmy and Sway Lee uh, are working at a mattress factory, and they want to be awesome hip-hop stars, so they do what anybody would do. They sell their souls to the devil. And by selling their souls to the devil, they have to get rescued by none other than Shadow Man. And I won't reveal what happens, but we still have our heroes alive making music <laughs> in the end. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, this is a book, so sometimes this happens, which we might call a money grab, where you put um, some artists that are like interesting or something. Actually, this is a thing that used to happen like in the olden days a lot, like the olden days. Like there used to be like things like the Beatles, like our Back and Marder. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, they would throw them on a comic book or something like somebody famous. Here they put um Ray Shremmerd on here and I and I think that well I'm not gonna give my, my full disclosure yet. Uh what do you guys think? A book with Ray Shremmerd, did you know who Ray Shremmerd was? What did you think? Thoughts on this? I listen to a lot of rap uh, and I think this, the cover of this book was so funny that I kind of had high expectations for it, like that it was going to be a really fun, campy, crazy thing. This book to me seemed like it took maybe five minutes to write. Um, the dialogue was, it was like it was written for children because the dialogue was so shallow. Um, but at the same time, it's like super violent and they're throwing a lot of like curse words in. So it's one of those things where it's just like this book isn't for anybody. You just get duped into buying it because a rap group's on the cover. It, it, I can't stress how bad this book was. <laughs> um, I I do think I am the correct demographic for this because I loved the rap. I love the short um, the dialogue. I like the action. I liked everything about it. <laughs> and maybe I'm a ch- – and, and I think – I am like a child in reading these, and so maybe that's why it, it appeals to me. Yeah, it's like the kids' book version. This is the kids' buffet version books. of comic books, yeah. and I was just like ready for lunch. Okay, I I didn't ruin it in my in my little intro, but I'm gonna ruin it now. The literal whole story is they go to hell because they sound their contract. <laughs> Shadow Man kills that devil and then they're released. Like mm-hmm. nothing. No, there's not. They forgot to have an arc. They just had straight just just story. And it was like a it was like a direct replay of the 
the guy who meets the devil at the crossroads and he sells his soul, yeah. his soul to be able to play guitar really well. And and it was the exact same story, but then with like a monster hero at the end who like stabs the devil to death and then rescues them. That monster man is Shadow Man. Who yeah. is yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. He just comes and stabs him to death. I don't even know Shadow I I've bought Shadow Man's before and I don't know his story. I knew this book was gonna be stupid, but the fact that it was so lazy just like blew my mind. <laughs> so Race Remembered's lawyer or manager or something um, finds Miko. Is that what his name is? <laughs> <laughs> so he finds a superhero to try to get them out of hell. They they, they sign like a five year deal on on their souls <laughs> that they got to keep them for five years, be super famous for five years, and then spend the rest of their eternity in hell playing um, playing is, music, but for dead people. But for demons, and I think the deal is is that the music empowers the demons. Like they get more oh, powerful the okay. more music. There's layers. Yeah, so many layers. <laughs> um, so. The superhero that their manager finds... Dr. Mirage. Dr. Mirage, who's a a pretty popular, valiant character. uh, She's like, getting out of demon contracts isn't easy. Like, it's not going to be an easy thing to get out of it. And then literally, like, two page turns later, they just kill Satan. With a trident. (laughs) With a trident. And it's over. Like, I was like, that seems pretty uncomplicated and easy. Just dead. Like all we had to do was just like stab him in and the I head with a didn't knife. Didn't even see it coming. No, it was. Yeah. He just said, "Crack." We'd would, like to discuss a renegotiation. You, <laughs> you would think if your thousands of people that you got your souls taken of, all it took was a stab through the heart, you would be wearing like a bulletproof vest oh, or something, right? And I loved that. So stabbing. Or have a bodyguard. Right. <laughs> so killing the devil released the souls of anyone else who'd ever sold their soul. For the benefit of being good at music, I think. Yeah. Oh, is that, all, is that what music. happened at yeah. the end? I think they were yeah. all. They were like, they can go make their music in heaven now. But like, what a dumb you, book. But if you died like two weeks before this happened, like, good for you. You know, because <laughs> I, you had like five great years, right? And then you were like sent to hell, and then this guy rescued you, and you'd probably be super famous. That's a really good point. I know. Found a loophole. <laughs> uh, and, and I don't I don't give a shit about spoiling this book because <laughs> at the end when they're like, now now they're going to be the biggest hip hop stars ever. I'm just like, fuck off. <laughs> you killed the devil and now you're you know, you are just destined for fame. Like, wouldn't it have been so cool if Ray Schremmerd was like, We're into the devil and like we <laughs> we just like we sold ourselves to the devil and they just like existed in hell the whole time? Or they just fought along Shadow Man. They weren't just being saved by Shadow Man or they had superpowers. There's infinitely more cool things we could have done with Ray Schremmerd instead of just make them in this comic book be them. Is there a possibility that the this group will come back in another um, like episode and you know take up the fight against evil again well this is a number one so that leads me to believe there's a number two but I can no way see that's happening how there's a number two okay so when I first started reading this I thought Ray Shrimmerd was the author I didn't realize that that was the name of the band and I didn't realize that this band was real until I saw the lyric that girl she's a real crowd pleaser Yes. And I was like, oh, this is real, and these are real people. To your credit. And then I liked it less. Reading it like that, like it's like Ray Schremmerd is, like if you look at it, this 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 comic book, and you see that, it like looks like Ray Schremmerd is like Neil Gaiman. And yes. 
What a Stephen King. Yeah. Terrible band name if you want people to find your music ever. It's Ear Drummers Backwards. Oh. Drummer's Ear. Drummer's Ear, sorry. You're right. I feel like an asshole after correcting you. For <laughs> Drummer's that. Ear. Yeah. You're Mike right. Explain. Drummer's I didn't, Ear. I didn't need... I'm explaining everyone tonight. <laughs> oh. uh, Oops. I dropped a worthless book. <laughs> um, do you guys know if the authors ever listen to this podcast? They do. Yeah, <gasps> we... Yeah, we tweet them normally. Yeah, we tweet them. And uh, they listen to it and they're like, fuck these guys. Well, we, tr- we tried, I feel like we try to find what we like in most books. Some people put a lot of effort into these yeah, things. Yeah, we, I, we never wholeheartedly shit on a book. Except, <laughs> except for this one. We yeah. did, we shit on, we shit on, we, on we kinda, uh, Batman. We did the, last Batman week. Book. Um, yeah, we. I think that genuinely, that's not even a, a thing that we're trying for. We're so into comic books that we can normally find something about this. Mm-hmm. I think this comic book just disappointed. I had high hopes. I just was like, so. Th- I love Valiant. I love most things that they do, and now they're combining with Ray Shrimmerd. Fuck yeah! Like that. How that badass is that? And then to just get this story that I don't even. I think Mike said it. Like I don't know how this could continue. What a whiff. What's nuts to me is that the art is incredible. Oh. Like, it's very painterly and detailed and, like, had to have taken a hundred times longer than it took to write this Who's book. Good? Who who put that much time into this book? And who? and then some asshole wrote that terrible... Also, who's the demo for this book? I think people like us who just, like, are rap fans. Okay. And they were just trying to do a gimmick to get us to like. Well, I bought. Pay for it. I bought. Well, two, it I bought two covers, <laughs> so I, here I am, the demo. And if you make another number two, I'll buy that too. No, so. no, <laughs> don't. For our last book, we have Eugenic, put out by Boom, written by James Tinian IV, illustrated by Eric Donovan. This book is the third part of a trilogy of what they are calling the Apocalyptic Trilogy, put out on Boom. They did Mimetic, they did Cogenic, and they are now doing Eugenic. And they are all uh, written by James Tinian in ways that the whole world is, like, dying epically. And if you have not checked out these series, you should totally check them out. Mimetic in, like, it, it, I'll just give you the, the phrase of what it is. You look at a meme and you eventually die, and that meme is of a sloth, and that, <laughs> that comic book is so fucking cool. It's really good. I, I, I want to point out that these books don't tie together at all. They're all good individual stories right. about... You don't need to read them. Yep. Yeah. So in Eugenic, we have this this new third trilogy of, I guess, Brian Tinian's going to kill the world again, and he's going to do it by there is this gay doctor who is... God, essentially, and has cured this um, disease in 2035 um, that was killing everybody. And he injected some shit into all of the babies in the world, and they are all going to be fine, whereas before they were just dying off and nobody could, like, have babies, Handmaid's Tale type of stuff. But the thing that he did, which is nuts is he made them perfect except for he scrambled everything about them physically so that there is no, like, 
sexual orientation. There's no sex or gender. Uh, there's no race. They are just like garbled up people who don't have any like diseases though or anything like that inside of them. And so you get a lot of like turning this book page and then you see like monster baby with giant teeth um, with like, you ever seen somebody that has like extra layers of teeth in their mouth? Like a shark? Yeah, like shark teeth. Shark people, yeah. yeah shark I'm people. Familiar. You ever seen shark people? Yeah. <laughs> so this is this book is full of shark people and uh, like eyeballs on chins and stuff like that. And uh, it was ridiculously good and you should buy it instantly. Sarah. I lo- So out of the th- three we read, this was my favorite by far. I loved knowing that something very effed up was going to happen like from the very beginning. You didn't say fuck. Something very fucked up was going to happen from the very beginning. Just um, based on, like, the small tidbit Mike had given me. um, But then I feel like it really builds to the moment where the woman is giving uh, birth. And you're like, okay, what is going to happen? I have no—I know something is going to happen. This, like— Almost apocalyptic event has happened, and by the way, there's this like weird robot that's a nurse on this page, Um, and then she gives birth, and it is freaky. Like the just the thing I noticed first were like the full set of human teeth, and it and I didn't even realize that the eyes were like at the bottom at first. I just saw this like big gaping hole with like also the little thing at the back. Um, what is that called? Uvula. Uvula. Oh, good job. Um, but I loved it. And then I love the fact that we're not sure like who knows what. Like does this guy who um, like the CEO of the company, I guess, that uh, doctor, what's his name? Crane? Crane, yeah. Crane um, runs. Does he know what Dr. Crane is doing? He has this baby on the way, and then it's this um, assembly, and then he takes this spray and sprays it in his face. By the way, what does the spray do? Just gives him a little bit more time to, like, tell everybody? Because it doesn't save him. You know what? I think the spray was him spreading this, like, toxin in the room. But he does spray it right in his face he to begin it with. Into his nostrils. You're right. Let's not okay. Let's not ruin because we we've given a lot of spoilers. Let's not ruin the like the very last last pages of what happens because I think there's. You like, don't normally spoil it. We do. We spoil everything because these books are like 27 pages, but this is a bigger book. Mm, this gotcha. is almost like reading like a super book. Mm-hmm. So there are some people that die in the end. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um. And they are drawn fabulously, by the way. I love yeah. I, I love I this page too. of like this this full panel of like just skeletons puking. <laughs> and I love the eyeballs like dripping out of their sockets and the blood like just cascading from their chins onto the floor. Do you do it's you, pretty good. You guys think that like I, I, I am a huge believer that the more gory it is, the more universal appeal a comic book will have. I uh, Exactly. Everybody right? likes blood. Totally. And they red. like drawn blood. Yeah. And, uh, another thing that I think we should always mention when this happens, because I'm a huge fan of this, we get a queer character who's just normal-ass queer, happens to be married, don't make a big deal about it, not a defining characteristic of him, which I think is always important. Yeah, I thought that the fact that he was gay was going to play into this in a larger part. Like, I thought that since they had 
introduced that fact like super early on and it was like a big part of his character like in the first few pages i thought that that was going to be like a huge um aspect of the disease or cure or right. something and then it wasn't it no. was just every it well i don't want to say he, but he does mention sorry come on i was going to say that um so james tinian's won a handful of like glad comic books awards for writing gay and lesbian characters um so it's a a big thing in his book to like he a, a lot of times he'll introduce um a character's sexuality right away in a book and kind of establish that that character's gay um there's often a lot of pushback from that community when a gay character is also a villain a a, a kind not just a villain but a kind of like demented lunatic sort of character that someone that's trans or gay would be more likely to kind of be off the rails Mm. and so a Mm. lot of comics get pushed back from that and um, I guess I'm a little surprised since he's written so many like LGBTQ heroes that this guy obviously seems like a villain to me and he's the yeah, it, I think he's the villain, but then what I think we're going to get here is that the real villain is, like, us. It's going to point the finger at, like, you, because you're going to be like, these people are perfect. Like, he's cured every disease. Mm-hmm. They just look weird. And so it's really our psyche that's saying, like, mm-hmm. these people are bad. Like, mm-hmm. they're they're only bad because we have objectively... Because their eyes are on the bottom of their face. Right, exactly, yeah. I like bottom eye faces. And, but then I was thinking, like, how do they swallow it? Like the esophagus. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Do so they, this is do the they, first... Do you think they have people in their butts that live in their butts? Tiny. They have tiny little people that live in their butts and read comic books. One thing I thought of when I was reading this, Dr. Crane says, you know, they're all going to look alike. They won't have any reason to discriminate against each other. And I just immediately started thinking like, oh, they will totally discriminate against each other. One of like their eyes will be in different parts. Like in in one um on the last page, it shows two kids. One has like a cyclops eye and one has two eyes like on the side of the head. I thought like they're totally going to just like revert back to the same like beauty stereotypes that humans have, but just different than what we know. Like hot will be two eyes on the side of your head and like ugly will be like one cyclops Mm. eyes, you know? That's such a good observation. And one thing that I don't know if you guys caught was that the next book takes place 200 years from when this book takes place. When reading this book, like two pages in, I was like guaranteed going to buy the second issue of this. It was already intriguing. And then by the time we got to the end of the book, I was like, man, there's so much to be uncovered in so many ways that this could go. All right, time to close up this podcast. <laughs> All right, there's a couple books that came out that we didn't cover today. Uh, if you're a Marvel fan, you probably picked up Punisher the Platoon. This is illustrated by Goran Parlov and written by Garth Ennis, who's a pretty popular writer. He wrote Hitman and the Preacher, which has been a TV show recently. He's written a handful of Punisher stories before. This story follows... Frank Castle, who is the Punisher, on his first kill, on his first tour as an army soldier. So it sounds like a pretty cool book. Um, 
Also, Marvel's Spirit of Vengeance number one came out today, written by Victor Gershler and art by David Baldian. Uh, this book is a team-up with Ghost Rider, Satana, Blade, and Hellstorm. So pretty sweet lineup. Uh, I think the, this book is about this team uh, getting together to avenge the murder of an undercover angel. Mm. Yeah, pretty cool, right? <laughs> Uh, and that does it for this week on First Issue Club. You can follow us at First Issue Club on Twitter. First Issue Club is part of the Found City Frequency family of podcasts. We were recorded in KCR Studios, and our music is by Primary Color Music. I'm going to say goodbye from Mike to Stacy. And this is Mike blowing the fuck out of here. <laughs> Renew! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>